podcast where the Malva Library team takes a moment to discuss what's happening in Club Malva, current events, topics in library world, pop culture that we love or hate, and more. I'm Rachel Miller, Communications Specialist for the Malva Library. Today I'm joined by one of my colleagues here at St. Albert College, Jaime Gonzalez, Assistant Director of the Cassandra Voss Center. We're here to talk about the Human Library, StoryCorps, why libraries can be a perfect place for sharing stories, and the importance of storytelling in society and culture. So Jaime, welcome. Uh, could you maybe just talk a little bit what you do at the Cassandra Voss Center and why it's an important part of our campus? Yeah, so I do a little bit of everything. As you said, I'm the assistant director of the Cassandra Voss Center. Uh, so the main part of my job is to pretty much uh, handle the programming and manage the programming. Uh, so we are a scholarship-driven center, and that means we um, invite scholars in the different fields of women's and gender studies, critical identity studies, but we kind of are very interdisciplinary as well, uh, to campus to come talk and do presentations or workshops or any other interactive kind of format of uh, displaying what they're doing, depending on our theme for the year. Uh, I also oversee the student staff there as well, and then I kind of handle a little bit of the uh, strategic planning for the center, so our vision and what we want to do, where we want to go, and things like that. Um, so yeah, the Center of Law Center has been on campus since about 2013, and it actually was my first intro to St. Norbert, actually. So I came to the first Bell Hooks residency, which was one of the first big events that Cassandra Law Center put on. Um, and it really is just a focal point for education um, and kind of like a one-on-one introduction to things about gender and identity and how that plays out in the world and how it plays out for us on our college campuses. Um, so the space itself is like a very educational and informative place, but it's also one of our core values is welcoming. So mm-hmm. it's a very uh, multifaceted or multi-facility space as well. It can mm-hmm. be used for a variety of different things. Uh, so it kind of offers a really dynamic place for people to come and learn, but also to come and host events where people can do a variety of things. Like recently there was just a baby shower held in there, but there's also <laughs> like, awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's a lot of fun stuff going on all the time. So mm-hmm. yeah, it can be used for a lot of different programs to like concerts or discussions so it's kind of just a odd job type of space but we do really kind of cool work with Mm -hmm. um gender and identity and yeah just exploring what that means to a lot of us yeah here at the library we love the Cassandra (laughs) Boss Center so right now this whole this past academic year you guys have been doing like kind of a it's called a spinning stories campaign Mm -hmm. which incorporates story core could you talk a little bit about that and kind of what's been going on in that area yeah, so the StoryCorps part of the project actually came out of, uh, in the beginning, we were thinking about doing a spirituality year, um, and doing topics about spirituality and what that mean to us, what does that mean to us. But what we kind of transformed into, I don't really know how, mm-hmm. um, was more about stories and the power of listening to stories uh, and the power that of seeing the humanity in other people and mm-hmm. how, um, with the state of our country and kind of... Uh, what everything that's been going on in the world, uh, kind of finding a way to ground people back in kind of the basics of like mm-hmm. listening to each other and understanding people as human and as a person when they're interacting, mm-hmm. when um, having conversations about whatever topics and discussions, that they mm-hmm. see them as a human before their viewpoints or before any other aspects that they should be or going to be judged on. Mm-hmm. Um, so we partnered with StoryCorps using their mobile app. Mm-hmm. which allows you to easily record conversations, but also because Dave Isay, who is their founder, um, has this motto, which kind of part of their mission is about things of listening as acts of love and how listening to someone else and sharing 45 minutes with somebody in a space really connects you to that person and understanding who they are and where mm-hmm. they're coming from um, in a like very genuine manner. So we really wanted to ground our work in that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and also grab the work and thinking about questions about stories like what mm-hmm. stories do we listen to what stories do we or what stories build up who we are but mm-hmm. also which ones are we ignoring which ones do we not listen to and why um so really trying to fo- put the focus on how do we tell stories and write a different formats mm-hmm. um and StoryCorps just makes it a little bit more easier to kind of put it into a a nice little package of a 45 mm-hmm. minute interview but we've definitely had a variety of other conversations related to story core as well yeah and the library's just been really appreciative that we've been able to provide a space in our studio we have a recording studio and giving people a space to actually have those conversations or record them kind of a safe space to be able to share it with the rest of campus and external audience so why is story storytelling, like in all forms, so important in t- today's society? You kind of touched on that, you know, the state of the country, the state of communication, you know, Internet's great. It's awesome. It gives us such an opportunity to learn, but also it, it diminishes that one-on-one kind of contact that you used to get in your daily interactions. Yeah, I think there's a quote that I recently heard. Somebody said, I can't remember, it's like mm-hmm. an untold story is like another life regret or something Mm -hmm. related to that and i kind of recently just heard that so i was thinking about that related to the importance of stories Mm -hmm. and i think like from um like a human standpoint that's telling stories is kind of how we like transfer knowledge is Mm -hmm. how we learn what's good for us what's bad for us we learn different ways of being different ways of caring for each other so i think just stories in general and as many different facets and listening to other people Mm -hmm. uh it adds a component of like someone has experienced this before or somebody Mm -hmm. has gone through something or someone has something to tell Mm -hmm. uh and our instinctual reaction should be to listen because they have something worth telling Mm -hmm. So it kind of really puts the onus on the person to really like listen and sit and think about what information is being given to them and then what they can do with it. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important. Especially, I think also too because not everybody. I don't think everybody likes a really good story, right? It's something yeah. that's gonna like mm-hmm. touch their heart or keep them suspenseful yeah. or mm-hmm. keep them wanting more. Mm-hmm. But um, so really thinking about what kind of stories and how we portray them. So mm-hmm. earlier we had like Eric Garcia in the fall come and talk about his art and as a muralist mm-hmm. and a political cartoonist yeah. and how he kind of subverts history and talks about stories that way. Mm-hmm. So I think like listening to stories in a variety of formats is like extremely important because it's going to pull different aspects of people's emotions. And I mm-hmm. think that's kind of really what we're getting at is to get people to get a better understanding of the, who they are themselves mm-hmm. based off of what they're hearing from other people in terms mm-hmm. of the stories that they have to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just because, I don't know, listening to other people um, and tell their stories, it mm-hmm. kind of offers you like... A framework for trying to view the world or understand the world in a better way mm-hmm. uh, because it gets somebody's like life experiences and you kind of can pick and choose what you want to take with you so yeah yeah i think it will reach a lot of people if you listen like whether it's like through a podcast or through a video movie or mm-hmm. reading a book or mm-hmm. like some type of performance whatever it is i felt people are always drawn to those aspects of it but what they're really drawn to it also is kind of like the emotion that you get from it Mm -hmm. um that's kind of what sticks with you if you remember how you feel and your senses and what Mm -hmm. was happening at the time so i think the more we do that the more people are going to be able to engage with themselves and like what what works for them as a Mm -hmm. person and how they can translate that into their life and their relationships with other people Mm -hmm. yeah and like for me i always think 
you know, I have written down here the idea that empathy creates understanding. So if we put ourselves, we put ourselves in situations where we're listening to someone's story, we can actually put ourselves in their shoes and kind of try to understand where they're coming from. You know, maybe it's something that is completely different from our life experiences. Um, And that kind of goes right into our next kind of topic, the idea that we do the human library. You know, it's the idea that we're, we're putting ourselves in a situation where we're hearing for someone we haven't necessarily interacted with before and you know for our listeners who haven't heard of a human library before it's it's something that came out of denmark you know the human library organization they've they've spread this idea throughout the globe and you know for state of our college we were the first wisconsin human library to happen and it's been the mobile library and the cassandra Voss center that have partnered to do partnered to do it uh for four years now and we just had our, our fourth human library um, this month. Unfortunately, Jaime, you weren't there, but I was there. Um, and it kind of really brings this idea of storytelling and empathy and what was like finding the humanness in, in each other uh, to the forefront. And we've both experienced doing the human library. And I guess before I get into it, I'd like to hear from you just the idea that you know, what this does for the campus community and our students here and our faculty here and even wider community members that come for this event. Yeah, I think the Human Library is a really great event because a lot of times on college campuses, especially small residential ones where a lot of students are living on campus, mm-hmm. a lot of vibrant student activities are happening, that a lot of times your bubble and your community and your circle are at the campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't, where you often forget that like the community outside of the campus is mm-hmm. also your community or you're in that community for mm-hmm. that time and you're interacting with those people. So it kind of really brings people into um, the circle and kind of allows them to share what they have to offer and mm-hmm. kind of makes people sit and listen. You don't I think the format is like you listen for 30 minutes and then you ask questions after. Mm-hmm. So really getting to explore and think about what is their role in that community. Um, but I think, yeah, what I like about the Human Library is that people are really willing to share mm-hmm. and be vulnerable. A lot of the topics are about like prejudice they experienced or discrimination or into some type of trial that they've had mm-hmm. um, experience in their life and kind of how they've managed to keep going, keep moving forward and become successful or kind of orient themselves in a variety of ways. So I think that's kind of the powerful aspect because you don't, like you'll see this or you'll hear things and you'll read about mm-hmm. things, but you when you have someone sitting there who is um, sharing, it, yeah. Yeah, sharing it with you about mm-hmm. someone right next door to where you live mm-hmm. um, and all the time they like to contextualize it so it gives you a, 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 um, like a sample of like what the community is actually like mm-hmm. so you can hear all these things about like Wisconsin and here's the stereotypes about Wisconsin or mm-hmm. here's stereotypes about Green Bay and mm-hmm. like, everybody loves the Packers like those things <laughs> <laughs> which yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you hear all those but mm-hmm. you, when you hear these from other uh, people you're like wow this is like a rare thing that is probably just mm-hmm. happening in Green Bay and this is what is going on mm-hmm. here's what we're listening to here's what we're hearing mm-hmm. um, so it kind of really makes you think about where you are in that mm-hmm. time and kind of what that means for you mm-hmm. um, but also that exposes students and faculty and staff and community members to kind of worlds that they're probably not um, used to seeing or mm-hmm. used to experiencing for a variety of different reasons um, so yeah it's kind of like good two hours of just Reflection, I think, and mm-hmm. really thinking about, wow, well, if I've lived here for this long, a lot of people will come in and be like, I've never heard of this before. Wow, I'm so inspired by this story, or mm-hmm. I took a lot from this and never knew that this occurred. Mm-hmm. So I think it adds a benefit for all the people involved. Yeah, and, and 
you know, to give some context, like some of the, because you say book titles that we've yeah. had this past year, you know, we had someone who's homeless. We had someone who dealt with being an illegal immigrant and kind of living, you know, how, how do you how do you wrap your head around living in constant fear of being discovered? Things like that. You know, we've had great African-American leaders in the community that have offered have offered to be human books, you know, and. During this event, I always get pulled aside by people who are like, you need to do more of this, you know, and <laughs> yeah. it's like, we would love to, but that we also have to think of the human books and how, you know, sharing your story is, is amazing. It, it can give you such a thrill and such a, a great opportunity to connect with people, but also it is so exhausting. Yeah. And just this awesome event that we have, I'm glad that we get to get to do it. Um so going into that kind of event, you know, why does it make sense from the Cassandra Voss Center's point of view to partner with the library on something like this? Granted, we've been doing it for four years, <laughs> yeah. but it's yeah. a question. Yeah, I think one of the things that I mentioned before, one of our core values is scholarship driven. Mm-hmm. And so we're rooted in the scholarship and academia and people who are putting out work that is relevant to um, the topics that we're discussing. And mm-hmm. I think like where, what place on campus and thinking about stories as well, what mm-hmm. places on campus store and mm-hmm. have all these things as the library. Yeah. Um, so not only for like, those specific reasons like it Mm -hmm. it makes sense like it's a library we call it the human library yes the human library (laughs) and they hold they have human books Mm -hmm. um but also just to um encourage people to think about how they um receive knowledge and how Mm -hmm. they interpret knowledge too Mm -hmm. uh so i think it for me it seems like a natural space because mm-hmm. uh library is a place where people get to explore a variety mm-hmm. of different topics and answers whether it's for a research paper or whether mm-hmm. it's something they're just curious about mm-hmm. um they're also libraries do i think a lot of programming that people don't think mm-hmm. or realize or understand or have resources that people don't um ever really know about so mm-hmm. being able to put people into that space and reconceptualize what they think a library is or supposed mm-hmm. to be used for like we're supposed to be quiet and just sit and listen yeah and which do is not work. which is like no there's like vibrant stuff happening yeah. students are studying mm-hmm. things are happening people are doing research there's a mm-hmm. cafe in this library at mm-hmm. least too so like the spot at least for us too we wanted a space that's like innovative and want to continue um doing things that are going to be um experiential for people mm-hmm. um so for the library it makes sense people are coming in they're going in to see a book and they're leaving so they remember mm-hmm. the process of how what that happened but yeah. also the feelings they had when they were there um so yeah it kind of just naturally fits together yeah and i really liked what you said before the idea that people are exploring and we're we're constantly learning and i think people sometimes don't think of it that way and mm-hmm. something like a human book it's it can be said it can can be considered like a source of information, you know, that kind of idea that we're always trying to help people be more information literate, media literate, digitally literate, that kind of thing. And to kind of show our students especially that when you talk with someone, when you interview someone one-on-one, it can be used for a research paper. It can be used to support a larger research project that maybe you're doing for a grant, things like that. And I really like that they touched upon yeah. that because not many people... Get that I think connection. that's really important too, and I mm-hmm. think that's why we did also the story core aspect of mm-hmm. it too, recording it. Because I had a friend who in undergrad was doing for their senior capstone, um, was recording sounds of like trains passing by, <laughs> of like just random sounds random that stuff. you would think, but mm-hmm. he, he was like, well, think about it. 10, 20, 30 years from now when technology has all advanced and mm-hmm. you never know, you're not going to be able to ha- hear just like what this sounded like and what the mm-hmm. environment sounded like. So it's a similar thing with like listening to a human book. 
the having audio of that or just being in a space where you can have that and listen to things you, like you can read a book in here but to hear someone actually say like this is what my life was like this mm-hmm. is what i've experienced that kind of changes how we orient that and how mm-hmm. we use that in our work and our lives and mm-hmm. i think that's really important i don't think we would think about that too much about how do we use audio and mm-hmm. like stories from people that are like verbally passed down mm-hmm. to be able to influence like what we're doing it's the idea of like oral story yeah storytelling like how many you know way in the past when things were passed down that way it was all like memorized and things like that i don't really know if you could expect someone to have that attention span anymore (laughs) um necessarily i bet there's people out there but the idea that this is a type of like oral Mm -hmm. oral storytelling i think is really important but going off of that um thinking kind of the role that libraries have been playing as like a hub of information a a place where you can go and explore you know find things that you want to research from your point of view and some of the some of the like scholarship that you've come in contact with going forward you know our library is going to play this role of like a safe space i know that that phrase has a lot of connotations for certain people um but to like kind of break down barriers between understanding any kind of stereotypes between people and like allow them to connect like going forward in the future. Like what what are your yeah, thoughts on I that? I have a lot of thoughts on this. Yeah. Just because I so I worked as a youth worker previously mm-hmm. before um, working in academia, um, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of the conversations we had and a lot of the events that we did too were at libraries and mm-hmm. tell people like libraries are going to be the future because mm-hmm. they do a lot more than just ha- have books for people to come and check out. Mm-hmm. Like um, when we worked with youth and we did our work on libraries uh, in libraries, we um, emphasized to them like there's no. When, I think there's some libraries that public libraries at least that have records or um, policies about. Uh, how old you have to be um, where you have access to your information but your parents don't. Mm -hmm. So the library is a space for youth to come in and really explore topics that they want to learn about or also topics about their own identity, um, Mm -hmm. which I think we don't explore. talk about often too so students are going in they want to check out books about gender check out books about race or they want to see representations of themselves to figure out what kind of person am i going to become like if you're a middle schooler about to go to high school you're trying to figure out what to do so you're reading all these books or these novels or whatever Mm -hmm. but you're also thinking about different aspects of your culture or whatever you're doing and trying to explore that and Mm -hmm. the library is one of the safest places to do that because Mm -hmm. it's you and yourself and someone else to help you kind of get those resources that you need Mm -hmm. but i don't think many people think about that but also think about a lot about libraries as like community centers Mm -hmm. so a lot of libraries too are being like remodeled and transformed to um, do more programming with the community come in so there's like um technology literacy courses happening all the time mm-hmm. there's language courses i know my library growing up they did a lot of like um like li- activities in the summer for students but also for parents of mm-hmm. like financial literacy or they're yep. holding all these events for the community to come mm-hmm. in and a lot of um like things too like uh homeless populations or people who are are um experiencing homelessness or maybe don't are um not employed they like looked for the libraries as resources to be able to do that for free and thinking about like the future of libraries as safe spaces like they're kind of like the like if you think about safe spaces that's what they are um because it allows people to go in and do kind of get the information that they need in like Mm -hmm. a very like safe non-judgmental manner and Mm -hmm. then kind of proceed with that and i think even as we think about on campus and colleges, like things are going to get more interactive. Technology is going to advance. So it's mm-hmm. going to only become, I think, a little bit more accessible to people. Um, but I think only if we realize it, because I think a lot of times there's a lot that, the library, like I said, the libraries have to offer, but mm-hmm. nobody is really exposed to it. Um, 
yeah. able to make that connection because the like even our library there's so many things that we offer so many things that we pay for in terms of like a subscription yeah. to access information or things like that or programming that we offer um and sometimes it just doesn't doesn't connect in terms of maybe it's something that person's not interested in people are super busy yep <laughs> even more than like our students is they're they're overexposed to a yes. lot of different things and they kind of have option paralysis things like that it's just but libraries are great i mean i were i mean yeah. not that i'm the pr arm of the library <laughs> i'm right. the communication specialist but it's yep. it's coming from a more marketing background and working in a library there's just so many things that are offered here like for example thinking of like storytelling and the importance behind it Sometimes we're just we're just hosts, the meaning that we don't necessarily plan a program or anything like that. Uh, we a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Center for Norbertine Studies had a an author here for who interviewed his um, his parents and his grandparents about you know the Holocaust and the fact that they survived the Holocaust and they escaped and that kind of you know that's storytelling in itself and and it's so important to kind of focus on that kind of thing and I think that's just awesome. Yeah, I think too people don't like one of the people don't realize, but I think what we try to emphasize about libraries too mm-hmm. is that like it's the place to ask the right and wrong questions. Like mm-hmm. if you're like, yeah, I don't know if there's like where else to go, and you're like, I want to learn more about a specific topic that yeah. is controversial or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like if you are unsure and you're scared of asking the wrong questions, mm-hmm. it has a whole bunch of resources here for you to get to, to mm-hmm. do that. But also think about like representation too. If you're thinking yeah. about like I re- when I walk um, to your office and there's like a display for um, Black History Month of yep. like artists on there too. Just mm-hmm. like so, just looking at different ways that you can like call people in. I think mm-hmm. that's like what libraries are meant to do. I mm-hmm. think, yeah. I mean, I really, I really like the way that you put that. That that's, it's a place where you can, you can ask the. There's like no right or wrong yeah. question. You know, it's it's the librarian, the library service associate. It's it's their calling, you could say, to help you guide yeah. you through finding the answer, whatever it may be, and you know, finding those stories that are really impactful to you. And I really appreciate that you're hitting all the right points <laughs> um, to try to you know, make this very apparent. Um, I spent a lot of time in the library as a kid. Yeah. Why, like, Can you I talk spent... a little bit about that? Yeah. Because so, it's really interesting um, to add a personal... Yeah. Kind of well, I think what it was, they... Like, in elementary school, they would give you, like, these, like... If you read these many books in the summer, mm-hmm. you would get, like, a personal pizza or, like, the, you would get you prizes. The, I, I was part of the Book It program. Yeah. Well, yeah. So then the libraries that would mm-hmm. have, like, if you read these many books, you get prizes at the yeah. end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, like, a nerdy kid always. Yeah. Like, I'm just a big nerd in yeah. general. Oh, um, so, But I was always, like, I had parents who were, like, working all the time and there mm-hmm. wasn't really much to do. Mm-hmm. Like, and, like, if I wasn't, like, going doing sports or, like, mm-hmm. doing, like, summer school activities or whatever, mm-hmm. I would just go hang out at the library um, and I would read a lot of books and stuff and grab a lot of stuff. And mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time with librarians, like, just asking random questions about their jobs. For a mm-hmm. while, I was like, maybe I should become a librarian. And didn't <laughs> well, really we'd always it, welcome yeah, you here, right. so don't worry about it. <laughs> so I did about that. But, yeah, I spent, like, I remember, like, really, like one day I'd go in reading books about, like, lions and animals. Mm-hmm. Other days mm-hmm. I'd go in reading about plants. Other times yeah. I would just read, like, random comic books. But mm-hmm. I think, too, like, once I got older and, like, technology started become a big thing and, like, things like MySpace or the Internet were, yeah. like, everybody was there mm-hmm. waiting at the doors before the library like we would go outside and it'd be like 10 minutes before the library opened to be like 15 people waiting outside mm-hmm. because they wanted to be the first ones to grab a computer yeah um so we would do that and we'd go on like i would be on like 
the internet, learning surfing the web, mm-hmm. went on MySpace, creating accounts, and like <laughs> you know, yeah, it's so crazy. But yeah. and then like then laptops became a thing, and you yeah. could like check out laptops, and it was like, wow, this is like mm-hmm. the coolest thing I've never really thought about. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I spent a lot of times just like hanging out and. Mm-hmm. I don't know, growing yeah, it. The library was always there. Yeah, Whenever the you needed something, the library was always there, ready so to provide something. I worked out. I just remember stories somewhere where like someone was saying that they worked at a library taking in the return books. Yeah. And people would leave money inside of them. Mm-hmm. And the the girl said she would take the money and put it in her pocket because she's like, oh, somebody forgot a like a dollar in their yeah. book. And one of the employees or her coworkers told her, like, no, that's people paying off their late fees. That's what the <laughs> oh, money that's is really, for. Oh, and she's like, that's a cute anecdote. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like, now the more you know. So yeah. it's like, I've been processing. But it's like, just think about that. Like, people are, like, having books and things for long. They're, like, a trusting space where you're like, I'm just going to put my the late money fees in there, in there and, and be good to they go. They know it's yeah. for the late fee. Oh, that's, oh, I love that. That's a really cute story. Yeah. I guess is there, if there's is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of storytelling and libraries and Cassandra Voss Center, anything at all? I think the the fact that this year is on spinning stories, mm-hmm. it's not only to like listen to stories or think about what stories that we haven't heard mm-hmm. or um, well it is like it is all that, but also think about what story new stories we want to spin yeah. and what new stories we want to create. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I think people are more scared of to do. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of like vision planning stuff with mm-hmm. like things I do outside of my work and mm-hmm. do as like part of my like activism. Um, and I think that's the hardest part for people is to figure out, like, when you ask them, like, I ask people all the time, like, what is your vision for the future? Or, like, mm-hmm. what are your hopes and your dreams or, mm-hmm. like, things like that? They always get really nervous and they don't know what to respond or they're, mm-hmm. like, not sure how to respond. Mm-hmm. So, but thinking about the question about, like, how do we spin new stories together? Mm-hmm. Like, we have all this information. We listen to all these stories. We listen to all these people. We're really hearing what they're going through. Mm-hmm. But we're not, like, coming back to each other to mm-hmm. say, like, what are we going to do with this now? Mm-hmm. What do we want to create? Um, so I think that's why we're trying to do this whole year. And I think the partnerships helps, yeah, about it. Yeah. helps out with that because we're really mm-hmm. trying to push to people. Like if we get, we, Bridget and I talk about it as like a culture of dialogue. If mm-hmm. we try to get people not just to talk to each other, like mm-hmm. the, oh, obviously we talk to people all the time. Yeah. But this idea of like, we're going to listen to each other. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask questions that are genuine questions. We're going to ask questions that are in service of the other peop- person that we're mm-hmm. talking to. But also, like, as a community, what do we want to do as mm-hmm. a campus? Um, so really trying to think about that more and thinking mm-hmm. about what are we going to do at the end of the year? Are we mm-hmm. going to have, like, a showcase and everything? But what are we, what yeah, are we beyond doing beyond that, that in yeah. terms of, like, what kind of stories mm-hmm. we want to tell about who our, what our campus is, who mm-hmm. our campus is, what are we doing, mm-hmm. um, the connections we're making with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're really, like, I think a lot of times, too, people when they would come in to do story court interviews, they're always, like, really nervous about recording themselves. They're always really nervous mm-hmm. and scared, and you have to, like, coach them through. But it's yeah. like, no, when you actually just go in, you push mm-hmm. the button to start, like, something happens where people just, like, don't stop. And yeah, they, they just light going. up and they keep going. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, how do we harness that energy after, like, that yeah. part of it to mm-hmm. just get it to other people to realize, too? Yeah. So I think, like, yeah, the continuing partnership works out because mm-hmm. we at least have a space and it's kind of comfortable for people and it's mm-hmm. not too high risk for them and they're yeah. just talking about what they want yeah. well, um, is really and, important yeah and going off of that that's that's what the library itself is trying to do you know with this podcast series with you know how several of our staff have done story course my story core yeah. interviews myself included and, and and you're right when you 
when you get past that initial hurdle of hearing yourself and recording yourself, you know, I used to be someone that's like, oh, I'm, I'm not in front of the camera. I'm not the yeah. one that gets recorded. I help other people get their story told. Um, but actually to putting myself in that position, it's, you know, and being very intentional that this is, this is for something. This is storytelling for people to understand, like, what library is doing, what the Cassandra Voss Center is doing, what our campus is doing, yep. what specific staff members are doing, you know, our human books. You know, it's 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 removing a barrier. I mean, you could say a self-barrier from yeah. people to kind of be like, this is how we learn. We learn, yes, we learn from textbooks. Yes, we learn in classes from professors. Yes, we learn in, in our day-to-day -day life and our, in our uh, jobs and things like that. But when you sit down and actually talk to someone, that's probably one of the most important ways for us to learn is from each other. And knowing that the Cassandra Voss Center is doing the Spitting Stories campaign, that we're a part of it, that the library is a, is a space to kind of encourage this kind of stuff is super important. Um, well, I think I like what you said. Yeah. That was really important. I think that's the thing, too, is the part about, like, everyone is like, we're not the ones in front of the camera. You have to, like, we think you have to mm -hmm. be a certain way. You yeah. have to be a certain type of personality. Mm -hmm. or anything. But it was like, that's actually really what we need because right now we're listening to the people who are in front of the cameras all the time, who that's kind of what the they've pundits, been trained to yeah. do. And mm -hmm. that's kind of like, yeah, that's definitely great. That definitely sets, like, it's, a framework. It has a place in our society, but... but... We need to mm -hmm. have other people do it. And I think, yeah. so what to do kind of take the next step and be able mm -hmm. to do that like like when I when we said we want we definitely from the Kassan of want to hear people's ideas about their spirituality about mm -hmm. their identity how mm -hmm. they came to be yep. what does that mean for them and that can be something as simple as like a rural kid who works on a farm and whose family like owns a small farm mm -hmm. in somewhere in Wisconsin. Like, mm -hmm. that's an important story to tell. You basically just described my life, really? so Yeah, yes. so like, it's like, that's the story. Like, we really, I really want to just hear, like, how did you grow up? What yeah. does it mean to me? I was born in a city. Like, I was born yeah. in Southern California, mm -hmm. city all my life. Mm -hmm. Lived in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. This is, like, all I know, pretty much. So, like, <laughs> well, obviously for me. But I was, like, my parents lived on farms. My grandparents lived on yeah. farms. They were farm workers. My well, grandmother yeah. was, like, a um a farm worker mm -hmm. was like I don't know anything about that I've lived and in the city within and the like the last 15 years it's changed so much yeah. so, so we will yeah. talk about <laughs> it I want to hear like yeah. just the basic story mm -hmm. like what do you believe in like we recently mm -hmm. went to a leadership class and so we're talking about how they came to be leaders or mm -hmm. what leadership means to them what role models they have like mm -hmm. I really want to hear like about a funny story about mm -hmm. you as a kid and what does that mean to you mm -hmm. or um, yeah, like we just want to Even the hear simplest everything. anecdote, yep. the little simplest story has can have such a profound yeah. impact on somebody. Like what are your funniest memories? Like yeah. what is the funniest thing you ever done on campus? Like <laughs> Yeah. You ever like do you hold any pull any pranks or something? I don't yeah, know. Like, you know. Anything or mm -hmm. like what class did you take that you really enjoyed and why? Mm -hmm. Like once we start seeing ourselves as like worthy of like everybody's story is important. Mm -hmm. We want to hear everybody's story, but if you're not telling people then you're like they're not only are they losing out but you're losing you're out too yeah. so the entire yeah. universe is losing said out it was like my angelou who's like yeah a story untold is like another life's regret or something i can't yeah. remember exactly uh, look but it up. like <laughs> i really think that's like so true and like mm -hmm. this is something as like someone who me i personally don't like share my like personal life story yeah. or like i mm -hmm. this too fully but i try to get other people to do it but mm -hmm. those are really important to really mm -hmm. highlight those as well so yeah yeah hopefully mm -hmm. The, yeah, I hope it gets contagious and yeah. passes it along. So yeah. that'll be well, helpful. Yeah. So that's all the time we have for today. So thank you, Jaime, for joining me here at the roundtable. I really yeah, appreciate it. Um, 
<laughs> Let us know your thoughts on the relationship between storytelling and libraries, either in the comments or on our social media. Just search Mulva Library to find and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you want to know more about the Cassandra Voss Center, just search it online. You will find it. Um, and if you want to know more about the Human Library Organization, just type in Human Library in Google, and you will find their international website. Until next time, I'm Rachel Miller, Communications Specialist for the Mulva Library, and this has been The Roundtable Podcast.